Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast is Rick Steelsmith. Rick has two PBA titles, and Rick bowled collegiately at Wichita State University. Rick, it's Tim Berg and Coach K. Steve Klemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on. I'm glad to be here today. Coach V. Gordon Vatican announced he was retiring from his head coaching position at Wichita State University. Now, you're his replacement, Rick. Talk about that process and how that all came about, and then ultimately why you felt this was the best uh, thing for you to do moving forward. Yeah, well, I mean, really, obviously, I'm just honored to have the opportunity. Gordon's uh, been he's been there, what, 41 years, I think, 42 years. He was my <laughs> coach back in 1987, just a few years ago. So uh, so I was coached under him, and, and it's just amazing how far he's taken the program and how much it's evolved. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I was approached to, to kind of be involved in the program once he was going to retire, so... Uh, obviously something there I can't turn down and uh, just super excited about it. I'm excited to, to get to work with Mark Lewis and, and Holly. Uh, Mark will be the director of bowling, kind of overseeing the entire uh, bowling program. And then I'll be the men's head coach and, and Holly will be the women's head coach. So just super excited from, from every aspect. I mean, it's, it's going to be a, a nice opportunity to get back into the college game a little bit more and, and to be able to go back to my alma mater where I bowled again under Gordon and, and maybe hopefully help pick things up and continue to keep everything moving the direction he's had it going. Uh, just utmost respect, obviously, for Gordon and what he's done. He's just one of one of my great friends, too. So That's pretty neat. And, and you know, you look at the, uh, you know, you got obviously some big shoes, to, to fill there on that side. And, and, you know, I don't know if you remember this or not, Rick, but you were actually my associate coach uh, my first year there in Wichita. Is that a program that, that you, you can, you were, you know, continued to be involved with over the years? Cause obviously that was quite some time ago as well for me. And uh, what types of, uh, uh, are, are there any changes or something that you, you know, you guys have been discussing as far as a transition time for something that you're um, excited about putting forth? Uh, yeah, and actually, I do remember being your associate coach, and and for the most part, yeah, every every year there may have been a year or two that I wasn't able to when I was out on tour, uh, but pretty much as much as I was able to, I stayed involved from the associate coach standpoint. And the way that works is that's just uh, the uh, alumni boards from the program that are able to or that are still in the area. Obviously, um, they assign some of the developmental team bowlers to each have a what they call an associate coach and they meet with them weekly or whatever works for both of them and, and kind of help develop those players and, and give them some insights from bowlers that have been through the program and bowlers that has obviously been through the, the college experience. So uh, it's an awesome program. Well, obviously I'm, I'm assuming we'll keep that going. It's that's a big part of the Wichita state program. So uh, just excited to, to kind of get more involved and, learn the ins and outs. I got a lot to learn. I've got some, some good people to learn from and Mark and Holly, but I've 
obviously mm-hmm. a different direction for me. So I've got a lot to learn when I get there, but I'm super excited about uh, being more involved. So Rick, then I guess, um, did you know when you were bowling that, that you guys and Steve for you guys too, did you guys know you guys are part of something special when you were bowling for that program and just, you know, you go and you look at, look at Gordon's credentials and, and just the program in general, what was it something you knew at the time or was it something now you look back and reflect and say, wow, we were, we were really part of something special. I kind of feel like, yeah, and, and just the whole evolution of it. I mean, when I bowled back then, it was something special to be a Wichita State bowler. Uh, it's evolved and changed a lot from back when I was. It, it, again, it's amazing what Gordon has done with that program and how much it's grown from, from where it was then even to where it is now. And, and then, yeah, and then you are in the position now to look back and, and just see that whole transition and see how far he's brought everything and it's just amazing. I mean, he's he's the face of Wichita State bowling. Obviously, I feel like he's the face of collegiate bowling. I mean, what mm. he did with the program there at Wichita State, he kind of set the standard and 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 gave other schools a model to kind of model after after him. And and I know like the, the depth of college players now, I think, is a lot deeper than than when it was, you know, thirty some years ago when I bowled. But I, it, mm-hmm. I, I would attribute a lot of that to what Gordon got started way back then and just continue to build. That is true. And I, you know, I'll just kind of piggyback on that a little bit too with, uh, you know, I was actually just there in Wichita earlier this week and um, was able to stop down, swing down on the campus and, and see uh, uh, coach Lewis and coach V and see Holly. I actually saw all three of them um, on Monday. And when we, uh, when we were out there, my wife, Marsha was bowling the women's championships and, um, they actually um, had not announced it until the next day. Uh, so I actually was down there and didn't know um, that Coach V was retiring. So it was quite a surprise to me. Um, but when I was down there, I mean, and I was looking around the, uh, uh, the student center there and the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the lanes and the, the, the RSC, or it was a CAC back then. And uh, to see the amount of, you know, the changes in the technology and, and just the actual facilities itself, um, compared to when we were there, I mean, it was uh, the, the changes uh, that have, that are around now. It's uh, it's just stepped up to a new level. The the, the program and the facility, and the, and of course, just the the knowledge um, and the traditions that that change over time are, you know, they're immeasurable too. And and uh, and it's, it, but even back from the start, it was. Uh, I think Rick, I think you did you did say the best. But really, he he set the bar. You know, Coach B did for. For what it is and so many people have followed along that line now um it's uh but it, it's definitely a, an honor and a tradition um that's that's really like no other yeah i agree the, the, you mentioned in the, the rsc there in the lanes and that whole area there is just mm-hmm. you would recognize it from from the years i was there bowling and and that's kind of cool too because it's it's you know the whole program the rsc and some of the renovations they've done there and and just how beautiful that facility is now and yeah it's it's awesome and i do remember actually back in the day like next to lane one for example i remember justin romick you know we've we've been fortunate enough the three of us to you know just kind of see each other and and hang out a little bit over the years but i remember justin laughing he he uh when you both on lane one, you get a, a, a burn on your left forearm from the carpet that was on the uh, that was on the wall next to lane one, and you were shooting ten pins. So 
there was uh, there's been there's been some serious improvements. Yeah, lane one, lane, lanes one and two were definitely not the favorites in uh, at the pair <laughs> catch when you hit that in tryouts or whatever. No, there was no room, <laughs> and your <laughs> shot was land. So <laughs> and ten pins, like you say. So, but yeah, yes. a lot of good memories. And Rick, how are you, how are you planning with? It seems like junior bowling and junior gold and and high school bowling and collegiate bowling just continue to grow. A lot of times, sometimes sometimes people focus on the negatives in our sport, but that's one area that you can say it, it's been just a, a positive growth in, in all the the ways that we're talking there. But sounds like you're going to have a busy summer from junior gold heading out there and 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 get going on the recruiting and stuff. So is there something that you're going to be looking for that that is in that same kind of Wichita mindset as when you're looking at high school players? Uh, definitely. And yeah, we haven't really talked too much on the specifics of what we'll be doing, but uh, I, you know, again, Gordon kind of set the standard there on what to look for and we're, as far as I'm concerned we'll probably be looking for the same thing we're going we're looking for good people we're looking for for bowlers that are into studying and into their schoolwork and uh, we kind of feel like I think anyway that if you find those bowlers that are good students and good athletes and you pair those things together they're probably going to be a good fit into the program so uh, I think it's kind of a combination of, of those things and and usually those are also the bowlers that are open to to learning and improving. So uh, looking forward to it. Like I say, some of this stuff is going to be kind of all all new experiences for me. I've spent the last 10 years coaching, but my coaching has been mostly uh, middle school and high school bowlers trying to get Mm -hmm. them ready for the college experience. So, uh, and I love what I've done. I mean, I'm going to miss it. I've, I've had a lot of, uh, a lot of bowlers that I kind of started started with them when they were starting their high school season, and that was kind of the first time they ever bowled as a freshman. and And I've had quite a few of them that have gone in, gone ahead, and gone on to then bowl at college. So it's been really rewarding, and going to miss those relationships. But again, I'm obviously looking forward to the different challenges that are going to be coming along with the with the collegiate bowling and the Wichita State program. So kind of What's a the, oh, go ahead. Ben. No, that's okay. Go ahead. What's the uh, what's the biggest change? I was going to ask that uh, that you've seen in the younger players. You know, in the the ones who are kind of getting ready for college bowling over the years. Um, has it been changes in their physical game, power, or ability to play different parts of the lane? Or what, what are the what are the biggest biggest either improvements or changes that you've seen over the years? I think it's a combination of all of that. I think you know, looking back, I think there's just a lot more coaching available to the players back when I was younger, there wasn't really, you know, you didn't really see very many coaches that were kind of dedicated to, to doing that. So I think the availability of coaching is a lot more, which, you know, I think the younger players have a lot better fundamentals for the most part at a younger age. Mm. The really cool thing that, that I see out of the younger bowlers. And I see this even in, again, even in some of my middle school and high school bowlers that I've been coaching and, and obviously the college bowlers is they want the, they want the score patterns. They want the harder patterns. They want to be challenged, and uh, and that's a positive. So uh, that's one thing I think. And you go and watch the junior gold tournament, and and they're bowling on some brutal conditions, and and you know all those kids are just grinding. They don't care. They want it. They're they're excited, and they want that challenge. So 
uh, kind of a combination of all that, I think. Isn't that funny? A lot of times, you know, as far as the lane conditions, the, the kids don't complain. It's the parents sometimes, if anything, you know, that the, their kids are not scoring as high. But the, the kid doesn't mind. You're right. Yeah, they want that challenge. They they, they understand it, I think, and they, they know that they've got to, to get better. They've got to figure that out. And mm-hmm. you're right. They don't, you know, they don't complain much. They, I run a, uh, a sport league for the youth bowlers here and they've done it for quite a few years and they continually want me to put down patterns for them on their league that are harder than what they're going to see at junior gold. And that's actually been fun because I get to get to kind of get creative a little bit. And But they, they like the fact that they can bowl this league and, and bowl on conditions that are actually harder than what they're going to see at junior gold. And then when they get to junior gold, they've found that as hard as those conditions are, they don't feel overwhelmed. They actually feel like, wow, this is way easier than I what I had to bowl on Tuesday night. So, uh, <laughs> so they're actually asking, you know, they're asking for me to put down stuff as hard as I can make them. So, uh, yeah, they, they want the challenge, which is, that's a positive thing, obviously. Henrik, let's hit on a little bit with two-handed play. That seemed, that's the, you know, let's say it's a new thing, but that's the thing that we're seeing more and more when you go watch junior gold, you go watch a, a high school tournament and even middle school now and, and younger. Uh, where, what's your thought on, on that, and then from a coaching perspective, is there anything that you approach a little bit different when you have a two-handed player? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it is kind of a new wave, and, and a lot more younger players are, are learning the game that way and sticking with it that way. Uh, you obviously see when you're looking at equipment with that, you're seeing the, the urethane balls being brought back a little more prevalent and, and use out of those just to match up with their higher rev rates. Yeah, with the bowlers, the, the, the look again, kind of looking at the bowlers that I've worked with, that are the two-handed ones. It's kind of learning, teaching them to learn how to get the ball speed, get the get the footwork moving, and, and be aggressive with the footwork and create the ball speed that they're going to need to to offset their rev rate. That's going to automatically, obviously, be high. And then getting really good at, at those hand position touch and getting the ball to shape a little different. Because with that high rev rate, it's you know they've got to be able mm. to change on that so uh some of those kind of things i think you're looking at just some different different methods and different ways of going about the same thing we're still trying to get the ball down into the pocket and knock down pins so it still mm-hmm. kind of comes down to the same thing it's just maybe going at it from a little different perspective and maybe having to do some things a little bit differently than what a one-handed player would do mm. Now, uh, one you know, one thing I wanted to and it's kind of along the same lines. I guess we're still just kind of talking ball motion or ball reaction. And um, I, uh, I actually, I just watched when you won the Masters, Rick. Um, I literally had just watched this, and to, to prove that I just watched it, you beat John Weldstein in the semifinal, and then you beat Brad Snell in the final match. And you were throwing then at the time was high performance bowling ball, which was a. a a dollar urethane bowling ball. Now urethane's made a a resurgence here in the last, you know, four or five uh, years or so competitively. And I'm sure you'll see a lot of urethane balls, pitch blacks and such uh, kind of going down the lane in in collegiate competition. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Because some people think, well, urethane, oh, it just, you know, messes up the lanes for the guys that are following them or the girls who are following them. Um, and it's you know strictly advantageous to the to the two-handed players. What's your philosophy on on urethane in the modern environment? 
Well, it is. I mean, it's, it's going to be used. It's going to be part of it. it, it just like we talked about, I mean, we've got more and more two-hand bowlers that are coming up, and, and those two-hand bowlers, use, that's their tool to to be able to control their hook when they need to. So the reality of that then, from a ball motion standpoint, if you're in a competition or in a tournament ever, is you know that it's going to be thrown out there some, mm-hmm. uh, and then it does you know, it does tend to change the lane pattern as far as transition differently. It's going to tend to carry the oil down the lane a little bit more and make the back end part of the lane a little tighter for the bowlers that uh, may have to work a little harder to create that motion on the back end. So, but it is, I mean, it's a, it's a reality of, of the game and it's, it's something that you've got to expect when you go out into the competition and then you've got to understand, you know, what you've got to do when that does transition does start happening. Uh, so I just kind of look at it like it's, you know, the bowlers are going to do what they've got to do to get their ball motion that they're looking for. And if, it, if that mm-hmm. involves using urethane, then that's what they're going to do. And then if you're not that player, then you've got to understand that that's going to be a part of the competition and a part of the way the lanes are going to change. You've just got to have strategies that allow you to, to adjust to that when it happens. Now that's a lot of that I was when I was listening I'm thinking that's great if you're bowling in a singles environment but when you're bowling in a team environment we had a whole new dynamic especially if you have four guys or you know your four guys who don't want to use urethane and then you have one who maybe does or maybe it's his best look is using urethane and that's going to be that that's that first conversation probably is going to be the tricky one when you have to talk to a guy and say gosh you know we just need you to keep the ball in play and, and not screw up the shot for the rest of the guys, frankly. I mean, I mean, right once you're bowling team, because now we're talking a whole different perspective on, on how we need to view urethane and how it's used in a college bowling environment and even in a, in a team environment regarding, you know, open championships, anything you want to bowl. Sure, yeah. I mean, again, it's going to be, it's going to be no matter what competition you're doing and, and no matter whether it's team or, or a doubles and singles event or a singles event or whatever, it's going to be, it's, there's not very many events I think that you're going to go to anymore that don't have part of the field throwing urethane at one point or another. Uh, so again, you kind of just got, it's like anything else. You've got to observe and pay attention and, and learn what to do when you start seeing your ball reacting to that change or that transition happening. And, and it's just, it's more and more things to learn and, and maybe comparing what the bowlers have to do nowadays to what, we had to do back when I was the college bowler. It's a lot more intricate, obviously mm-hmm. now. There's way more options, and there's way more ways to do things. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, you kind of got to, you just got to be prepared as much as you can, and try to learn as much as you can, and understand that probably no matter where you go, there's going to be some urethane going down the lane, and it doesn't have to be a negative thing. It's just something that you've got to understand and realize it's going to be there and not necessarily look at it as a negative and look at it like okay, it's there it's there for me it's there for every other bowl that's bowling too so uh let's figure it out better than the rest of them <laughs> exactly yeah maybe that maybe the back ends do get a little tighter but maybe it creates a little hole for you that you didn't have you know kind of a lot of it does depend on your attitude right yeah i think and that can make a big difference if you you know if you're the bowler that sees that transition happen and it gets tighter down the lane and kind of get in that two eight ten trap or something like that and you get frustrated and you know and your first thought goes well it's because of those guys throwing urethane as opposed to a player that goes okay i've got some guys throwing urethane here but what can i do to, to maybe like you said what can i do to maybe get that to 
give me a little bit of hole in the pocket, that player's going to going to end up ahead of that other player when it's all said and done, I think. Rick, I want to thank you for joining us on the podcast and all the best of luck moving forward at Wichita State University. I appreciate it. Thank you very much.